This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Asian Insider. I'm Nirmal Ghosh. On this show, we dissect global issues from an Asian perspective, asking the unanswered questions and seeking the difficult answers. And for this second episode, we will be discussing the tariff and trade wars engulfing news cycles across the world. Joining today's conversation will be two of our Asian insiders, Danson Chong, our China correspondent in Beijing, and Vikram Khanna, associate editor at The Straits Times based in Singapore. But before we speak to them, let's first hear from the man at the heart of this tariff and trade war. between the United States and China. America's president Donald J Trump. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning because we're the piggy bank. We're the one that all these countries including the European Union wants to rob and takes advantage of. European Union 200 billion dollars, China more than 500 billion dollars. So there you have it. Now the somewhat triumphalist view from the China hawks in this town is that China is on the ropes and the so-called decoupling of China from the US is already underway. The counter view is that the Trump administration has underestimated China's ability to take the economic pain. Now it is interesting here to remember that while China's tariffs on the US have been going up, its tariffs on non-US imports have actually been going down. At home in the US, while President Trump insists it is China that is paying for the tariffs, certain trade sensitive sectors are hurting and there are growing worries about a recession now the economy is strong no doubt about that but there are some tiny red flags the federal reserve for example reduced interest rates about a month ago because it saw manufacturing slow down and in july new home buying fell sharply which indicates a lack of confidence The latest round of tariffs in and of themselves may be somewhat moderate but the head spinning rhetoric does not help. It is uncertainty that is really bothering the business sector and the markets. The political question for President Trump at home is whether he can keep this economy going through the 2020 election season. A deal with China will look good and restore confidence but would be risky if it is only half baked. Remember this is not just about trade it is about a geopolitical realignment as well. but we'll get to that first let's go over to Danson Chong in Beijing so Danson what's the perception of the general public in China to these hikes and which way is the wind blowing for president xi jinping in particular could you speak to that as well well among the general public it sort of sparked a wave of nationalism you know a lot of chinese have a great amount of national pride you know they feel that this is china's time of the sun uh, and the americans you know are getting insecure Of course some of this is because of propaganda but you know it's led to things like uh, people buying more Huawei phones and I think also greater support for the Chinese leadership. Uh, but there's also a group you know who feels that the, the pressure from the US is causing China to make some uh, some of these much needed reforms you know like with the uh, foreign investment law which was passed this year uh, more intellectual property rights protection. And in fact there's a joke you know that that's going around that two old men have brought reforms to China uh, Deng Xiaoping and, and Donald Trump. but you know you're right in saying that um, Xi Jinping cannot afford to look weak against this pressure uh, he's preaching you know this vision of a strong and rejuvenated china uh, and if he's seen as uh, capitulating to to us demands uh, that's going to affect his political political legitimacy uh, the line we've been hearing these past few months that you know china doesn't want to fight a trade war uh, it's not scared of fighting but will fight if it has to 
Uh, just a couple of days ago, we, we read in the People's Daily that, that China is saying it will fight to the end. So, you know, Xi is uh, determined that he does not look weak in this exchange. Are there any job loss estimates there? How are Chinese business and consumers coping? Um, various economists estimate that between 1 million to 2 million jobs have been lost so far as a result of the trade war. It might sound like a lot, you know, but then you have to bear in mind that the Chinese labor force is, is something like uh, close to 800 million strong. Um, the government has tried to cushion impact with tax cuts uh, for businesses and subsidies. You know, but still manufacturers, both local and foreign, have closed factories in China, moving them out to, to countries in Southeast Asia. Uh, but, but, but the trade war is becoming a big worry. Uncertainty is causing consumer spending to drop. And this is a big deal for China because it's counting on consumer spending to drive growth. So is it true that China is hurting more than the USA, like President Trump has said? I think we're talking about different kinds of pain here. China is feeling the economic pain. You know, economy is growing in the slowest rate in about like 20, 27 years. Uh, the U.S. is the largest export market for Chinese goods. And although the Chinese economy is, is shifting gears, for a long time, Chinese growth has been uh, export dependent, right? But as for whether it's, it's hurting more than the U.S., I think that's debatable. Uh, the Chinese are betting that, you know, it's growing domestic consumption will take some of the sting out of the trade war. Uh, it has the biggest, uh, you know, middle class of any country in the world. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, C cannot afford to look weak. So China is giving as good as it gets, you know, I think. Uh, since the first tariffs were imposed by Trump uh, in July last year, you know, it's responded in a tit-for-tat manner. Now, practically speaking, it cannot match the U.S. dollar for dollar, uh, you know, because it, it imports from the U.S. like a quarter of what the U.S. imports from China. Uh, so it's been forced to be very targeted in its tariffs. And the latest round uh, that, that we've seen, the 75 billion, you know, goods like uh, crude oil, soybeans uh, were targeted. Now, they also resumed uh, tariffs on U.S. auto and auto parts. And these are all designed with the 2020 presidential election, presidential election campaign in mind, you know, to inflict the maximum amount of uh, political pain on Trump. Absolutely. So given what is at stake, which is far more than trade, what do you, do you, what do you see happening in terms of a deal? Given all that has happened, I think nobody is going to put their money on this. Like you said, this is far more than just trade, right? Uh, trade is just a platform. I mean, the view among a lot of Chinese is whether or not they agree with how C is dealing with the trade war is that this is part of a larger U.S. plan to contain China. Uh, I, I really don't see a deal happening anytime soon. Uh, Trump wants to get a deal that you know shows he is tough on China and that he can position as an absolute win. And this is the deal that the Chinese cannot make. Uh, until such time that this changes, I really don't see both sides reaching an agreement. Right. Thank you, Danson. Take care out there. Thanks, Lou. Next, we are joined by Vikram Khanna, Associate Editor at The Straits Times, to give us a sense of the economic ripple effect in Asia of these trade wars. Vikram, good to see you. Good to see you, Nirmal. So, Vikram, how is Singapore feeling the impact of the US-China uh, trade war specifically? I think the Singapore economy has taken a body blow from this. Um, as the trade war has progressed, uh, you know, the Singapore's estimate for economic growth has been reduced progressively. So it's, we started the year with a with an estimate of one, uh, 1.5 to 3.5% for this year. Then in May, it was reduced to 1.5 to 2.5. And in August, earlier this month, it was reduced to 0 to 1%. So it's, 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 it's been a progressive reduction in what we are projecting our growth to be. And the, most of the damage has been borne by the manufacturing sector, which has contracted already more than two quarters uh, successively. So the manufacturing is already in recession. 
And uh, uh, last quarter, that's the quarter two, the economy contracted by 3.3%. So the jury is out as to whether we're going to have another quarter of contraction, which means Singapore will be in technical recession. Uh, within manufacturing, most of the damage has been done in the electronics segment. Uh, electronics, Singapore's electronics sector has taken a sort of uh, hit by a triple whammy. You know, you've had the slowdown in China, you've had a weak electronic cycle, and then you have the trade war, which makes everything worse. So electronic shipments in June went down by almost one third. So it's, uh, it's a pretty bad situation at, at, for the manufacturing sector. It hasn't really spread very far into the service sector yet. So some parts of the economy are still holding up, uh, like construction, financial services, transport, communications, all that. But uh, we, are still, we are still wondering here whether we're gonna go into recession, but recession or not is gonna be a tough year for Singapore. And more broadly, around the region? Pretty much all of them have, have seen declines in exports uh, this year, and especially in their exports to China. So you have Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, India, all of these countries have seen declines in their exports, uh, which, is, which, which suggests that the trade war is affecting pretty much everybody. The one exception is Vietnam. Um, you know, the people ask, uh, who is winning the U.S.-China trade war, and the answer is Vietnam. Vietnam's the, the only country where exports have gone up significantly, and especially to the U.S. Uh, Singapore, uh, Vietnam's exports to the U.S. in the first quarter are up by like 30%. And that's pretty much gonna be uh, the trend for the rest of the year, it looks like. So Vietnam is a beneficiary, but uh, most other Asian countries uh, have, have been losing out. So how are companies adapting as they are caught in the spokes? Are we seeing the decoupling from China and the diversification of supply chains away from China to a significant degree? I mean, we know it is happening. You just mentioned Vietnam, but how significant is it broadly? Well, there are no, there are no reliable numbers on how much trade diversion has happened purely because of the trade war. Some trade diversion was happening anyway, even before the trade war started. For example, so labor intensive, uh, products like apparel, uh, textiles, footwear, and so on, were already moving uh, out of China. Uh, now, but there are some sort of imperfect proxy variables we can look at. One is the imports, China's imports have fallen. Uh, now that, that suggests, now that could be because of the slowdown in China, but it also could be because of people splintering supply chains. That means countries are not exporting into China as part of the supply chain. They are, they are exporting directly to the US. And it's significant also that China's exports to the US have fallen a lot this year, this year so far, whereas a lot of countries exports to the US, I mentioned Vietnam, but there are also others, exports to the US have gone up. So India's exports to the US have gone up, Thailand's exports to the US have gone up. So this, this says that uh, basically countries are not going via China to export. They're not going through those supply chains. Anecdotally, there's a lot of evidence that uh, supply chains have been shifting. So for example, you have companies like uh, Nintendo, Sharp, Samsung, who are producing you know, uh, smartphones, TV uh, game consoles, uh, printers, uh, PCs in, in Vietnam now. So you're going to have made in Vietnam Samsung smartphones. Then you have uh, companies like Ricoh moving uh, the production of printers to China. Uh, some, uh, some 
companies producing, say, diesel pumps and auto parts are moving to India, Thailand, and Mexico. Uh, so you have all this, you have these accounts of these companies shifting their production. But it's not a smooth or easy process because, I mean, if you're running a factory in, or you're running a factory in China for many years, and you've had a whole lot of suppliers already, already organized in China, and then suddenly you have to run around Asia looking for alternatives. And uh, yeah, you might find, you might find that some things are all right. So Vietnam has got some of that investment, but other things are not. Like for example, you, you don't, may not have good infrastructure, or you may not have the right skills, or you may not have even enough labor. For example, Vietnam right now has a labor shortage, for example. They, they can't really, they can't absorb very much more investment. India has the skills and India has low labor costs, but India doesn't have infrastructure that's up to scratch and so on. So it's a very messy and difficult process uh, for companies to do this. A lot of companies have just given up and said, all right, we'll just uh, continue manufacturing in China. Um, we'll just have to live with the tariffs. And that means American consumers uh, and American producers are going to have to pay more. Interesting. So where does this end? Or oh, if that is too much of a stretch, how do you see this playing out from your perch in Singapore? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't see this. I mean, I think Danson spoke, spoke on this issue. Uh, I don't see this ending anytime soon. Certainly not, um, not before the 2020 U.S. election and probably even after that. I mean, it's significant that uh, even the Democrats in the U.S. are, are, are China hawks. And, and the whole idea of, of taking on China on, on trade issues seems to resonate politically in the U.S. And as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's about more than just trade. So I think this, go, this is going to go on and on for years, years to come. Uh, you might get mini deals uh, here and there, um, but I do not think you're going to get a comprehensive deal because the positions of the two countries are just so far apart. They can't agree on the most basic things. They can't agree on the meaning of reciprocity. They can't agree on the legitimacy of industrial policy. China will not agree to codify a lot of the changes that the U.S. is demanding into law. And so it's, it's, it's very difficult to even imagine a sort of comprehensive deal. But you'll have many deals and you'll have truces that are announced and then broken, like we've seen. We've lost count of how many truces have been broken. So unfortunately, I don't see an end to this at all. Not yet. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you as well. That's quite a widespread view in this town, too, among analysts and experts. Thank you, Vikram. It's great seeing you again. Thank you, Nirmal. So in the short term, the issue is how long will this trade war continue and will there be some relief, enough relief and soon enough to restore confidence and head off the worst consequences. But in the long term, the strategic contest between China and the US, at least under President Trump, is very likely not going to go away, even if there are some agreements here and there. Remember, apart from the reality of great power competition, at home it also suits President Trump to show his base that he's out there in the trenches fighting for America. But the line he walks will become increasingly thinner because unlike President Xi Jinping, President Trump faces an election. As ever, the conversation has only just begun on the Asian Insider. Do drop us a comment below to tell us your take on this issue, and we look forward to your company in the weeks to come. Till next time, this is Nirmal Ghosh signing off. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg.
You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times and the Business Times online.